So, what you got for us, Faye? An estranged family hires a cult deprogrammer to take back their teenage son from a murderous cult, but find themselves under siege when the cultists surround their cabin, demanding the boy back. Well, I guess you know what they say. Sacrifices must be made. Like watching it, I guess. I guess. <laughs> also a teenager, well. This sounds like a job. The Prime Scene Investigation. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Spit on Your Grades Presents Prime Scene Investigation. I am Chris, as always. And as always, again, as always, I'm joined by Faye, as always. Hello, Faye. Hello. And as always, I'm joined by Mercer. Hello, Mercer. Hello, as always. How are we both? Are we well? Your introduction reminded me of um, Mystery Men. And I am son of Pencilhead. <laughs> Any time that you can get to think of Mystery Men is worth doing. Mystery Men's brilliant. I don't think Mercer likes Mystery Men, though. Um, I seem to recall when we went to, I went to see Mr. Men with you, I think, Fair. I went to see it with somebody and the first 10 minutes of the film was just feet because they, the film had slipped and nobody realised how shit it was because all we saw was feet. It's not shit. Mr. Men's brilliant. Oh, the feet edit, the Quentin Tarantino cut. We, <laughs> Mercer and I had this run of Odeon films that just kept going wrong. Do you remember? The same thing happened with Wally. I don't think it had any sound. And just problem after problem with Odeon. So glad we've yeah. got a uh, a membership with them now. I had problems after problems. I went and watched the lovely Molly. And then I went and saw Gallows once as well. Nothing but issues with some of the films I've never seen at Odeon. But hey, how are you, Mercer? I am all right. Thank you very much. Good. There's... Uh- Nothing like setting the standard at that particular height. Yes. No, I'm good. Uh, you know, I mean, what's happened in life recently? Nothing. Boris is very... Cl- I say Boris like he's my fucking mate. That piece of shit PM, Boris Johnson, is so, so close. I don't want to get my hopes up because we've, we've seen this... You have to clarify so close to what? So close to, li- <laughs> so close to being forced out right. by the Tory party. He's yeah, he's not like sitting opposite me. He's like like, like fucking pennywise every time I close my eyes, he just gets slightly closer. Oh yeah, my mine were mine were much dirtier in thought than being sat across from you. You're not the Dean Doris, you can't be thinking that way. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he is so close to being forced out, but every time I get that little bit of hope, not to say it's the hope that kills you. Yeah. That's the thing. Yes. But anyway, what you've been watching, Mercer? I'm sure there's a whole delectable bunch of films you've been watching. Not a whole delectable bunch of films. Um, a couple of really bad films. I'm not going to talk about them because they're bad. Uh, but I did watch Spontaneous. Oh, um, that's so good. Which, yeah, I was totally surprised by. Um, absolutely loved the lead in the film. It, it it had a bit of like that kind of like Tragedy Girls kind mm. of scream, Kevin Williamson kind of vibe with like the way they talk and stuff. Um, and I, I really quite enjoyed that. But the majority of my time has actually been spent getting my way through Stranger Things um, from season one. I've just, I am five episodes into season four. 
I do not mind admitting, and I think people will have seen, I was crying on the train whilst watching the final episode of season three um, because too much was happening and I was an emotional wreck. I was like, I can't deal with this. I fell in love with these people now. Um, and season four is already a bit brutal, isn't it? Season four is amazing. It is the best. Honestly, I mean, you'll have seen as you go throughout, I, I think we mentioned this before in another episode, the nods to A Nightmare on Elm Street especially are just mwah, chef's kiss. Like even the, even the gong sound on the clock is very Freddy coming about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's brilliant. I think give Duffer Brothers a chance at Nightmare on Elm Street remake. The last... The last couple of episodes are full, full on horror, not not full on horror, but the horror nods come pretty thick and fast. By the time we get to the last two episodes, which we will discuss with you in more detail when you've watched it, of course. When we've seen them, yeah, I, I've 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 not I've seen a couple of nods. I like the nightmare, not nightmare. Oh shit, you've just said that. That's not what I mean. The other film that's a very, a very classic, Silence of the Lambs. I love like the Silence of the Lambs kind of. A parody almost yeah <laughs> with, the, it is, with the girls yeah um and obviously bobby england rocks up for that episode which is I pretty did, cool i did find out today that i'd seen vetner which i did not realize i've seen him in person which i did not realize because he fronts the metal band counterfeit counterfeit who I'm, yeah who i if i remember right opened one of the stages at slam dunk festival this year has mercy been introduced to vetner at this point yeah, he's right. He's really yeah, on early I'm, on in yeah. season four. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm on episode five. Oh, okay, you just had a confused right. look on your face, and I'm hoping we didn't do a fay and drop a spoiler. No, no, the character no, name no, is no, not no, a spoiler. No. Though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so I've actually <laughs> I've actually seen him live and in the flesh. Nice. Not been watched. Not watched a load. Caught up on a load of studio picks that been wanting to watch, which have all dropped on various platforms over the last couple of weeks. So you saw. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, the total horror. Like, an actual horror marvel. It's got zombies in it. It's got dead skeletons. It's got demons. It's really... It's fucking great. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, I have to ask you a question, Fair. Yeah? When you say dead skeletons... Like, skeletons coming to (laughs) life. (laughs) So, alive skeletons. A la Sam Raimi. It's, It's Sam Raimi who does it. And you can see Evil Dead plastered all over that shit. It's brilliant. It is, yeah. It's it's great. And you've got to think as well, kids went to watch this at cinema. And when you think of some of the scenes, you're like, it's no wonder kids were crying. It is full of horror in some bits of it. It really is. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Which was great. Which is also absolutely great. I know you don't like Tails, but I think... I hate Tails. I think all the characters for this one... Windy little cunt. For Knuckles and Tails... And Jim Carrey is brilliant in it again. Yes. And then caught the unbearable weight of massive talent as which well. Which is okay. Which is less less than I'd hoped for. Yes. yes. A great cage performance, but the story just drags a little at the end. And in a in style of being late to the party with series, we've also started watching Ted Lasso. We're nearly at the end of the first season of Ted, Ted which Lasso. Is brilliant. Oh, it's so lovely. It's just so lovely. And Ted's so lovely and I hope he gets everything he wants in the world. It is proper heartwarming TV. In a world where you could be anything, be Ted Lasso. Be Ted Lasso. But that's all that we 
I've pretty much watched the film, unless you want to add anything that you've watched. No. Anything else that you've watched? Let's crack on. Let's crack on with what we've come here to crack on with, which is 2017's Jackals from director Kevin Grutert. Hope I'm saying that right, Kevin. Sorry if I've massacred your surname. And writer Jared Rivett. It's a jackal. It is a jackal. It's a jackal. As you set out in the start of the episode, the premise is pretty straightforward. There is a family. Their son has been taken by a cult. They kidnap him back so he can be deprogrammed. And the cult members rock up at the farmhouse property they're staying at, wanting the son back. And we go from there. I saw this at Fright Fest in that year. It must have been 2017, I think, actually. Actually showed that year. I came out of that film, as anyone who heard me after the film and when we introduced what we're going to be covering for this episode, absolutely hating this film with absolute passion. I tell you what, I've revised my opinion somewhat. It's only it's only slightly not that good, rather than absolute travesty. Since I watched it already, it'd be nice to hear what you and Faye must have to say about it. I uh, when we'd finished, I didn't get your hate for it. To be honest, it wasn't the greatest of films but it certainly wasn't the worst and it had some some good parts along the way i think it's got some really good kind of brutal parts in it it's got some nice weird kind of imagery in it as well like when i say weird i mean like fox girl you know i think it's got some stuff going for it yeah it also has um some stuff not going for it such as my biggest gripe with the entire film was Deborah Cara Unger and a like completely emotionless, blank, phoned in performance. That's like, the mum. Literally... That's the mum, yeah. Like everybody else, I felt like they're all like really trying, and then she's just like, I really don't want to do this. I, I don't want to compare it to anyone, but she did seem like maybe the Barbara Crampton trying to be a bit Barbara Crampton, but not being Barbara Crampton. Do you know what I mean? Okay. I don't want to say anything as well, but I'm not sure how much length of time between him being kidnapped and being taken back. But when they say, when they say, do you not recognise your mum? She's had a lot of work. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure he would have. So the maximum that he could have been away is like maybe twelve months, because that baby's only about three months old, and that's yeah. his child. So, but he, like, so he had to have got a pregnant. And then she had to, and then between that, they must have gone. Yeah, so about 12 months. About 12 months, maybe a year. Um, I think... <laughs> <laughs> you astound me, I was 12 months, maybe a year. <laughs> I was just making it more, I was just clarifying for people who don't use, like, that kind of um, time measurement. People who don't use the Gregorian calendar. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I couldn't even think of what words I needed to use then. Uh, I was going to say the metric system, but then I realised that's completely <laughs> wrong. Uh, but that's you know, thirteen inches. I don't know. Not inches. <laughs> what about? <laughs> <laughs> Which one's the worst? <laughs> oh, anyway, I was a we... little. Um, so I'm just going to jump right to the start of the film, like the very start of the film. I was a little like confused as why we opted to go for like the first person um format and i'm like i was terrified that that was going to be like what we were going to have throughout the film 
filmmakers need to come up with a way to show POV that is realistic. Because when I look, I look with my eyes. I don't look with my whole body. So if I go to put a key in a door, it's literally glancing down or glancing across. It's not going and launching forward to look at that key. I'm sick and tired of point of views that are just jaunty and messy and all over the place. And Oh, it does my tits in. But again, like as a style choice, it feels odd. It's almost like doing a found footage. It's like Rec 3, which starts off as found footage and then becomes... I thought maybe a nod to Halloween. I thought that's maybe what they were going for because it feels very start of Halloween. It was definitely a Halloween uh, nod. I did think uh, the choice to spend 45 minutes of him walking through the house to get to the bedroom was a bit much. I'm just like, come on. (laughs) So, So I did start off thinking... Chris is so right about this film. And it's only just started. I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. First person view, a a journey into a house that's taking forever. Then we had that awesome moment where his mum wakes up and he stabs her at neck with scissors. And that looked incredible. And then I got really confused when he goes into his sister's room and his sister recognises him because he hadn't got a mask on. And then I'm like, well, why didn't his mum recognise him? Mm. Like she screamed and he panicked and stopped her. I'm like, well, I'm confused. And then he put a mask on. And then I thought, why has he put a mask on? I think he, he took the mask off when and... he. No, think... he unzips the bag. He it's... gets into the sister's room. It, he, sorry. When he gets into the sister's room, he, he she runs off. He picks a bag up, unzips it, and takes the mask out and puts it on. I'm like, yeah. why? why? Not, yeah. I'm not, apart from to have that vision when they look in the mirror. And you see the jackal mask. I'm not sure why why he puts that on because it's not like he's going to do going to do him a great deal of look when the police come around asking questions. She goes, "Well, to be fair, officer, I saw him and he put a mask on. Now I couldn't tell you what he looked like. <laughs> yeah. No, I have no idea. I mean, obviously, he kills his beautiful sister." in the quickest strangulation I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, he literally just puts his arms around her neck and she's dead. I'm like, seriously, watch some other... Do what, like, they did in Promising Young Woman, where, like, they actually researched and found out how long it would take to strangle somebody. And if you're going to do it, either make it really, like, realistic or just cut away and, like, let us know that he's killed her afterwards. I'm not bothered. It's only an hour and a half film, Mercer, so you've got to, you know, make your time quick. But I do think, again, this this very opening scene, I'm like, this is, like, especially as we progress in the movie, and by the end of the movie, I'm just like, that's the most pointless opening scene I've seen, because it doesn't feel... Do you know, obviously they're doing, like, what all films started doing after, like, the resurgence of it from screen with the someone getting killed at the start and then bam into a title credit or whatever i'm just like it just felt pointless pointless to me yeah it it did i mean i'm not how did it link up with the rest of the film i don't actually is that just one of the jackals did i miss that is that just it's yeah it's mateo so when when they um when jimmy when jimmy when steven's character uh goes and gets um the teenager, lol. Jimmy, Stephen Dorff's character, goes and gets the teenager, Mateo's the boy he was in the car with. 
So he's just one of the jackals and they're really good friends. And obviously, but I still just thought to myself, I don't understand the relevance of that scene. It felt like a waste to me. It felt like a, like we've started writing a script and then we've had a different idea. Maybe it's to show that they are ruthless and they don't mind going in and killing their own family. I think it's just, I think it's just to get that killing scene in first. And I was like, that visual when you, when you have the mirror and he's standing there in the black and he's got the jackal mask on. I think that is, I think it's all style over any substance there, to be honest, rather than any deep, meaningful reason they put that in. I almost then wanted to turn it off when we got the flash card of based on true events. Did anyone try and Google it to see if it were based on true events? Of course it's fucking not. (laughs) No, of course, cults exist. The programmers exist. But this is not based on an actual true story. They've just taken it. I hate that. Like, stop trying to frighten us with things like that. Bastards. I mean, everything kind of is based on a true story, loosely. Because everything in the world has pretty much happened. So you could, you know, maybe maybe they thought faults were a true story. Because, I mean, this is just essentially false, right? You can just do based on true, based on true events. You don't need to do... It can be it can be anything. You can get away with pretty much anything under that banner. Like, even Nightmare on Elm Street, they said based on true events. I mean, it wasn't, but... Well, it was. Thank you very much. <laughs> you question my Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Anyhow, so you, you were peed off at the true events. Yeah. So all that did lead me to think I am not going to enjoy this film at all. Like, I've got so much kind of, like, disdain for it at the moment. Um, other than that, the scissors it through the neck thing. Mm. I'm like, this is this feels cheap. It feels forced. And then we had the flip in, obviously, the, the, the style of how it's shot. So we went from first person to third person. Yeah. Which I I prefer. First person stuff makes me feel physically sick. So I'm not very good with it. So I was so glad that we went to this. And then it did take a little bit of a change. It felt a little bit more expensive. Mm. Pretty much straight away. Well, Stephen Dove turned up. So felt a little bit more expensive. <laughs> um, I keep making Family Guy references for this film. Because obviously in Family Guy, when Stewie's playing charades, I go, it's a jackal, it's a jackal. And that's all I said throughout this film. And when I saw Stephen Dove, I thought, oh, my God, it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Not Ethan Hawke. <laughs> so Stephen Dove turns up. After a long standing around moping by the rest of the family first, because we introduced them at the farmer, the uh, farmhouse, I want to say farmhouse, is that kind of... Cottage. Out of the way kind of... Yeah. Kind of building. But a lot of standing around moping and looking like a family drama before we then cut to the heavy metal and Stephen Dove driving <laughs> a lot. And that car, sorry, with Justin and the other one driving along in it. I mean, you know, from first meeting the family, you can see why he wanted to get away. The family really confused me because the brother, uh, Campbell, all he did was shoot dirty looks at that girl for no reason at all. (laughs) Like, all she would do was, like, walking around, like, holding a baby. Obviously, we'd got emotionless Deborah Cara Unger. Um, Oh, at first, I thought, well, maybe this is, like, you know part of the character like she's waiting for her son to arrive like she's a bit numb <sighs> bit shit um really disappointed by her performance i can't i can't get over how bad i thought she <laughs> were i can't 
I mean, there were one scene where oh, I'll have to come to it later because it's obviously the plot goes on. But I was just watching the scene going, well, you clearly care for one of your children more than the other, or do you? Because your face isn't saying anything. <laughs> but we'll get to that. They are all very much caricatures. We have got we have got the bullying older brother with Campbell. We have got the slightly too doting mum. And we have got, obviously, with the divorce and the distant dad as well. So they take we're ticking all the dysfunctional family bingo. And then we have Justin, who rocks up after being ki- being kidnapped. Because to be fair, I know this is taken by call, but let's just call it what it is. He's then kidnapped by Stephen Dorff. He is. I, uh, brutally assaulted as well by Stephen Dorff and his own father. And then, uh, yeah, took to that forest. I do like the setting, though. Um, like, the obviously it has to be, like, somewhere like that. I do like, like, the traces they did, like, you know, with the shots to show us, like, how isolated the family are going to be. Mm. Um, so I thought that were quite nice. And then, yeah, we get, Justin gets took to the house, tied up on a chair. And again, it's really confusing, because, like, when he first wakes up, he's like, Mom? Dad? And then he, like, f- just completely changes again. And I'm like, is he, like, was he, is it a role? I just don't get what's going on. Well, I mean, this is the thing. It, it, I think his, um, I think I think the impression that you get from him is that he is all about the cult and wants to go back to them. But there are times when he shows a caring nature for his family, most notably that point and the point at the end. Um, so I don't know, maybe he's half and half. Not sure, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I then, at this point, started to believe because I, d- I didn't know much about jackals. At this point, when he starts like trying to get out of his chair and going oh, and screaming at him, I was like, "Oh, it's a demonic possession film. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. Is he's possessed?" I couldn't, I could understand, I completely understand that because he's like, "My name's Falusala or whatever his name that after yeah. the. Uh, my name's Hubba Bubba. But then we've got, again, this awful contrast. This is why I don't know why films like to do this. Because we've got him being a complete dick now. We've got Stephen Duff, who's, like, uber-aggressive and not very professional for, like, a deprogrammer, I don't think. He's very, like, like shouter and swearer and angry. In Stephen Duff's defence, if I was deprogramming someone and they spat their own blood at me... I think I'd be a bit worried. I mean, you don't know what that guy's got. It went in his mouth. So oh, I think he's every right seven, to be a bit pissed off. It was seven years. There were no diseases then. Eight um, years. Oh, was it eight years? Oh, and there were a lot of diseases then. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, but no, but you've got that. And then you've got the dad going, oh, it's my fault that Justin left. And then I'm going, no, it's my fault that he left. And girlfriend no it's all because of me and I'm just like oh shut up you self-pitying bastards like he left stop f- just stop trying to steal the attention yeah let's just get him fixed I'm feeling guilty yeah, but they're blaming themselves but then like you know inevitably they'll then start blaming each other as well I just yeah. did my head in I just like why are you ra- why do you write characters this way like why can't they just be normal people who go he's a fucking dickhead who ran off to a call and we need to sort him out I can't answer that, Mercer, I'm sorry. No, you can't. So as you can tell, still at this point, I don't, I'm not loving this film that much. 
No, stop. No. I can't, I can't even remember when the jackals turn up. They turn they turn up just after, after he's had his blood spat in his spat in his face. Mm-hmm. We get the we get the nightfall and the dad sees the woman jackal just standing outside by the swing by the swing set. See, I'm the opposite of you, Mercer. I was fine with the film until this part. And I because to create characters that are supposed to be so menacing and to have that visual with the masks and the cloaks and stuff, which is really good, by the way, that's really good costume. To have them do nothing, to have them stand around and do nothing, and I do agree with you on this point, why the old just couldn't rush the place. That's, that's, <laughs> why? that's my biggest issue with the film, and I know I know they say, oh, this could want... They want us. They want to have power over us. They want us to just give him that. It's like, no, that's the lazy, the shittest excuse for why the fifty of them didn't just rush the poor and were standing there and just take him back. I do get that. I think um, if they did that, though, the film would have finished. So yeah. it really worked that well. Um, I actually it was at this point where my emotions towards the film flipped because oh. I loved the I loved the girl the fox girl um I loved like the weird like the lack of response the lack of fear mm. that that character displayed even though like you know she, she obviously we didn't know at this point that she was surrounded but all the friends there but like when Stephen Dove goes out to her like, she's got no concerns about anything and I kind of loved that because it it did for me set like the the, the standard that these this cult don't give a fuck they're not bothered about anybody else because, you know, they've got each other's back. Mm. Um, and I quite liked it. Also, she reminded me of, like, a character from a fighting game. Um, and uh, I just liked it. Lin Shayu. So not necessarily Lin Shayu, but, like, later on, she does, like, some cool Lin Shayu movements. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. And I also thought it looked absolutely stunning when we saw the silhouette of yeah, um, that's what I'm saying. They've got these yeah. they've got these characters that visually look brilliant, but it kind of wears thin when you don't have them doing it, and that's what you keep going back to. It's like we've seen yeah, that, I, we need something more. I know, but this is where oh like where I think we're going for something different. I get what you're saying. Of course it makes more sense for him to rush the house, but in pretty much every horror movie, it makes more sense for somebody to have done something different to what they do, and I think the idea was to create this sense of isolation against the family, and the sense of, you know, they've got nowhere to turn, because we've got all these people just stood, I mean, how would you, what, what would scare you more, right, because I think I'd be more scared a bunch of people just stood staring at my house, than people trying to get in, <laughs> because I mean, I, I feel, no wait wait let me explain why because once you start trying to get in my, your defense mode kicks in and you go into I need to protect myself yeah so your 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 mission would be to fight them off while they're stood outside you have no idea what's going on and I think that's a lot scarier than an actual attack so there you go <laughs> no I, I I would much rather people just stand around. Not doing anything that's yeah. trying to kill, rush into my house and kill me. Agreed. Yeah, but, 
but it's the inevitable like it's the fear it's the build-up which i think is what the film does quite well like with the the, the like the just the shots of the people outside and the sound of like the mute the score this like booming kind of every time they like boom if they'd walked around every time they'd have moved they'd gone boom 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 <laughs> that might have that might have worked yeah oh, I mean, the, well, the film just filled me with a general sense of annoyance rather than stress and isolation it's probably also wise to mention the, the quick attack that we get on Stephen Duff like he this that kind of threw me a little bit. I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to meet his demise so early in the film. They had enough money for it. I was say, yeah, they ran out of shoot, they ran out of time, they ran out of time with him. I imagine. Yeah. The older, the old Nicholas Cage, Willie's Wonderland. We can pay you less if there's no dialogue. Yeah. Now, like, we've got Stephen Dorff for five days, and then they spend one day doing reshoots on this opening scene, and they go, "Fuck, we're only going for ten more minutes. How can we write him out?" I've just read my notes and realised how much I'm going to contradict myself. Where my notes go, oh my god, this cult attack is so long to do something. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> let me oh, clarify. What on <laughs> But only because it's like, that is something that I did question. I do like the concept of them stood outside. What didn't make sense to me was by, by standing outside and not doing anything, you're giving the family plenty of time to prepare for battle, so Not this family. you know, I think they did quite well. They 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 the dad, the dad some weapons. I'm sure there were silver taping knives onto sticks and they, all sorts, like like, like an old computer game. They were doing all that kind of shit. But again, if because that's my main point, where it's like I think I could take on a call if they come at me one at a time. <laughs> I fancy my chances. Yeah. Be fair though, that first the first one when they do break into the house. And they absolutely beat the shit out of him and absolutely cave his head in with whatever weapons they can find. When they do the violent parts, it, the brutality of it is really good. It's, it's suitably squishy. The sound design is suitably squishy and yeah. squashy and the floor <clears throat> yeah. for me to go, yeah, that's really, that's a lot of fun. And it, it, gen- it had a genuinely horrific scene in it as well, which kind of threw me from what I'd seen so far because, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it, it floods along at a slow pace. It's very dark and warm. Is that like, cool. You know, you know, when your eyes just start going, and like, oh, is, is anything going to happen? But when they get the shitty brother outside and start setting him on fire, I hated that. I hate watching That's people a, be set on fire. That so. is an awesome scene. Mm. I actually. Again, like, that, look, sorry to interrupt you. At that point, where the mother is looking out and she is like, "Help me!" and she's like, uh, "Should I?" Yes, that's your son. Go out and help him. And she makes no effort to whatsoever she, with well, any she of the family. I, I think the dad. I think she goes she out for the. the... No, yeah. no, no. She goes out for the son. Um, if you remember it right, before you get to that though, fair. Um, what you've just said again, do you know the whole where it, where it complete contradictions? You're like, oh god, like it's nothing's happening. I thought I thought it was quite good. I quite liked the the slow build up, and I loved the way like the son, the 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 brother, um, was just like, can we not just give him back to him? Oh yeah, like, we should have. Let's, let's 
let's just give him back. I don't care. And then his stupid girlfriend's like, no, you can't. No, don't ever give him back. He's like, he's not been in your life for 12 months, hon. Chill out. He's not going to be in your life after And you're this. only a girlfriend. You're not married or anything, so you've got time to find someone else. Don't worry. And we're teenage mother. They are not teenagers. I'm sorry. <laughs> they, are, they are like 30. They both look about 30. No, I thought it was quite cool. And then I did, again, I thought there were some really interesting choices, like when he just starts howling in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, you'd love that. Of course you would. Of course I would. I'm a howler. Um, But I did, again, I just thought that's quite an interesting choice to to throw in there because it doesn't really make sense. I'm not saying saying it wasn't, like, interesting. I'm just saying it felt quite slow. Like, it felt like there were periods, long periods, where nothing was actually happening. But I agree, when stuff did happen further on in the film, it was really good, the stuff that were happening. Yeah. Like, I like the whole off-kill, uh, sorry, off-camera kill that the dad went and did. Like, you could hear him battling someone upstairs, but you didn't actually get to see what the situation was. And I kind of like that. Yeah. I think we'll always echo, like, or I'll definitely echo Chris with the violence in the film and the way that's done elevated like yeah. 10 times above the rest of the film the scene where that guy pulls Deborah Karunga's hair out with his teeth mm. you're like wow like um, um, that's quite brutal it's quite yeah. intense agreed also on top of the violence I think probably one of my favorite scenes in the film where there is no actual violence is when um oh, I forgot his name again dickhead brother Campbell yeah, Campbell yes <laughs> it's when Campbell does the attempt to get away um and then he he gets to them trucks and he hides underneath one and the truck at the left kind of like drives around turns and points its lights towards the truckies under then the truck at the right does the exact same thing so that like they're clearly highlighting that he's there and they know he's there and the kid still tries to escape i just i think that's i actually think that's probably one of the better scenes in the film okay because i love it fair enough and then that leads on to what you were talking about before, Fair, the absolutely horrid setting on fire scene. Yeah. That's disgusting. Like I said, that mother didn't seem too interested at first. She was willing to let her son get burned just to save the other one. I'm like, well, she's clearly got a favourite. No, I think she's in a catatonic state, or that's what she's trying to portray. It's the same state throughout the entire film. So you so say she was out. acting? She was acting, yes. She'd been, everything that she'd done in the film was just leading up to that moment where it made sense for her to be emotionless. Because um, she does she does then leave the house and tries to save him. Yeah, but it she takes her a while. Yeah, but when we've got that other girl, Thinger, Rebecca, I don't know where they're Samantha. Samantha's constantly like, you know, just trying to stop everyone from doing anything that can save them. Yeah. All because all she cares about is having a baby daddy, so she can go out on Raz. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm gonna say benefits. Yeah, she's then she like Samantha is like spending all the time going no 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 nobody can do anything. You can't give him back, and you can't. She's the one who was saying to Deborah Karunga, you can't go out and help your son, but she goes out anyway. She does try and help him, um, and then obviously the dad goes, well, I've got to go and help my wife. Oh, the dad wants to give him up, up, by the way. The dad tries to yeah. get him to give him up. To try and save the rest of his family. It's mm. that awful... 
again, it's that kind of like that. What's that question now? Do you like kill one person to save ten, or or what? Do you like fate take its course? I'd have given him up. I would have personally because he clearly, he clearly wanted, wanted to go as well. He wasn't like he wanted to go. Yeah, I think, and I don't mean this in a bad way. But I'd have given him up with the kind of rationale of right. They're not going to do anything bad to him, and we can maybe attempt this again, but with the police or something a little bit more formal and do it that way. Well, I think they probably knew that he, at this point, even if they did give him up, something was going to happen to them as is proven in the final scene. So I, d- I don't think it would have, uh, I don't think it would have just been playing sailing, no, they, give him up and they'll walk away. They can't be seen to let, just let Let's, people attempt yeah. to snatch their family members back and nothing happens from it. Anyway, the dad does try to help, as you say, and he goes out and, he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, mom gets killed. Well. And I love, I love the way the mum gets killed. But the again, Fox Girl just comes in in slow motion, just spinning round with like a knife in her hand and just slices her throat and then spins off into the distance again. You're like, yeah. this is a bit bizarre. I love that. <laughs> Some say she's still out there spinning round. <laughs> <laughs> do you know? What she, do you remember them toys that you used to get? Like the like little fairies that you'd pull a thing up and yes. fly up in air, you know. She was like one of them, or like a character from a fighting game. It's like playing a fighting game with you, one button fair. Hey, it, it it got me to win. I don't care. That is true. That is true. So at this point, I was like, oh, actually, I'm quite enjoying this film. I think it's quite good. And then she goes up to speak to Justin. I forgot his name. What is wrong with me, Justin? Yeah, and um. <laughs> He suddenly has this massive change of heart. And he's like, let me go. I need to go out there and save my family before he does. Um, and you need to escape with the baby. Right. So that is that is simply just a way for him to escape. And I thought he was going to turn around and kill her and kill the baby. And yeah, me too. He didn't, thankfully. But he did go out and, you know, jizz all over that master daddy guy and go, oh, yeah, I love you. Let me kiss your ring. He's ring on his finger, nothing else. And um, <laughs> and then he does let her go because I don't think he could probably bring it upon himself to kill a child and knows that that child would not stand a chance without her. And I think that's the only reason he let them go. But earlier on in the film, he does say to her, we want children because we want more cult members. We want to raise these children to be like us. So the child would have never died. It would have just been her. What was the actual appeal of this cult? Because I don't think we ever found out. Leather outfits and jackal mask. <laughs> it looked to be like, honestly, it looked like um, BDSM like nightclub. Yeah, it looked like a gay nightclub, like a KBDSM nightclub, not a gay, just a gay nightclub. But you yeah. know what I mean, like like a fetish club. Yeah, that's literally what that looked like to me. That's maybe what it were then. Fetish. Fetish. Mm. She does a runner, and she flags down a car and you think it's all fine and dandy and she's going to get away and then a jackal turns up behind her and the credits roll. Everybody looks pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, them kind of endings do my head in because we all know that like primarily them endings are for the opportunity to do a sequel, right? Not always. I think sometimes it just shows that there aren't really any happy endings. There, there was an unending. There was an ending. You didn't. We don't know whether she died. We don't know whether she got away in that car. 
Now, now, don't be saying that because I've spoken to you many a time and you've said that sometimes it's nice not to have things explained and nice not to have things wrapped up neatly. And this wasn't wrapped up neatly. No, I, I like the concept of not knowing why something's happened. Mm. I'd rather know what happens to somebody. Well, you can't on this occasion. No, so... yeah, the ending was terrible. It really disappointed me. It got me really angry. Um, standard there. Um, I punched a passing stranger. Um, I didn't, obviously. It. I didn't. But no, I was disappointed by the ending. So this film for me had like that kind of like stupid curve of it started with like really pants got quite good the violence was intense and then it just kind of like downward spiraled towards the end of it and then I kind of like looked at like you know like the IMBD scores the letterbox scores like Mm -hmm. the uh, Rotten Tomatoes and stuff like that and pretty much it's like average everyone's like five out of ten like like it's got five out of ten on IMBD 2.3 on letterbox it's like everything's it's just an average film and I would agree with it I would I too would agree yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it got me so incensed at the time. I was trying to. I've been trying to work it out while we've been going through the episode. I wondered if it got up against something. I'd, I wish I'd watched instead. But well, maybe you were tired. I was looking at Fright Fest and it just went up against Diane. Maybe yeah, you were just tired. No, yeah, possibly. I guess that. Tired. No. What film did it go up against? It went up against Diane. I have no idea what that is. No, it was. A, it was also against the Kane Hodder documentary as well. It's about Princess Diana coming back as a zombie. Di- Diana is where the guy finds the body of the singer or whatever she's in, in, his, back, in his back garden. I think um, I recall the synopsis for that. Yeah, I think probably. But yeah, so it definitely wasn't the fact that I missed something else in front of it. Although that festival, I also realised I went and watched Eat Locals on the Hatchet Anniversary oh, screening, no. which that's a fuck up right there. Yep. Yes, that's One probably the. One of the best screenings ever. I did see a Nick Crosby, though. You did, yes. Anywho, uh, what are we scoring this bad boy, then? Yeah, go on, Mercy. Let us know how it got on. Well, in the grand scheme of things, um, after we take our personal scores into account, total everything up, we come out with a grade D. I think we've just highlighted an average film. It's it's been one of the better crime scene ones for me. I won't lie. Um, we've had some tosh up to this point, um, but this one was like I said, this one wasn't the worst. I didn't have the worst time with it. I do think sometimes budget and like people revolve. So obviously, as um, Chris mentioned, it was directed by Kevin Grutter. Grutter is he a saw guy? Uh, yeah, he did saw three D and saw six. Yeah, I think so. He knows how to do like the violence and the go um, mm-hmm. on screen, and and I think that's probably why this because the script not so great, but the actual violence elevated it, and I think that's like very evident that that's come from his background. Yeah, sweet. So with jackals being very neatly. Torn apart by ourselves there. Went torn apart. No, I was going for jackals. Oh, sorry. That's fine. With jackals being <laughs> given a good. You should a... have said viewed from afar. That would like, with jackals being viewed from afar and not moving, with ominous music playing over the top. 
That being said, with us covering Jack Olsen, giving it a good, a fairly good covering, the only thing that remains for this episode is to say what our genre pick is for the next full Spit Grades episode. So, Faye, you won the last I did. episode, so it's your choice. I snatched the crown from the queen. And um, <clears throat> that's Mercer, in case you didn't know. And... Um, I'm going this time for one of my favourite genres. I'm surprised we haven't covered it so far. And if we have, and we've just forgot about it, then just ignore it and go along with it anyway. Um, I'm going with hoodie horror. Or urban horror. I guess you could class it as as well. So is this any is this any youth or teen? The youth. The youth, the youth of today inflicting some kind of terror on a other party. Is there any particular country or is this worldwide? Worldwide? Is worldwide. Worldwide. That is youth worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. So there you go. So hoodie horror. Because hoodie is such a hoodie is such a UK term. Well that's why I said urban horror as well. So hoodie urban horror. There but for go. us, yeah. it's it, technically hoodie horror. Yeah. Cool. So there we go. So let's know your picks for best hoodie horrors. And we will obviously be picking ours and having a chat about them and waiting for Faye to win again, I imagine. But I, I doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, we already know what Faye's picking. Yeah, um, but you, but... Regardless, like, as soon as you pick the genre, we do. Excuse me. And... Right, okay, I mean, you can say that, but you also know that the film I will be picking is something I have been obsessed with for a very long time. So it's not like I'm just picking it to win. I'm picking it because no, no, no. I love the bones of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Chris. I mean, fair. Sorry. So, as I say, we'll get that. We'll be doing that next week. So, let's know your favorite hoodie horrors. You can let us know via any of our social media channels. We're at Spit Grades on both Instagram and Twitter. I spit your grades on Facebook, and you can always email us should you wish to do so at electricpossums at gmail dot com. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe because every little review. And recommendation does help. And you can find us on all podcast providers, your main ones, so your Spotify, your Apples. You're not ACAST anymore, sub, sadly, because ACAST have now stopped doing business. Oh, no. I know, you still have ACAST, but there you go. So Apple, Spotify, I imagine we're available on most podcast providers, so find us on one. And we will be back next week. So say goodbye, Mercer. Goodbye. And say goodbye, Faye. Goodbye, Faye. And it's goodbye from me. See you later, everybody. Bye.